It is really good to be with you. We uh, had an incredible holiday for our for our visitors. Um, my my wife and I were away for a couple of weeks just on our annual leave, and um, you never know how badly you need a holiday until you have one. Um, and battle to wake up in the morning. But fortunately, if you have a two-year-old, you have a very dependable alarm clock. Um, he doesn't miss a beat. So uh, yeah, we had a great rest, had a great break, and uh, just thank you for releasing us to be able to go and just take some time to rest and recoup. This morning, I'd like to speak into that a little bit. And... Um, Right now, I'd like to tell you a story, but it's, it's quite a personal story. Um, so I'd honestly appreciate it if the story didn't leave the room. Um, so when my wife and I got married, we, uh, I'd bought an old 5 Series BMW, like a really old series BMW. I spent more money on it to keep it going than what I did in the initial purchase to give an idea as to how old this car was. The reason why I bought it was I had a badly broken leg and, um, and I needed an automatic. And that was the cheapest automatic that I could find because uh, I knew it wasn't a permanent car. It literally needed it to serve a purpose for a time period. Um, it was also nice and big, so I could actually drive with my leg up on the dash to keep my leg in the same height as my heart to stop my leg from swelling and all sorts of junk. Um, so there were all sorts of benefits to this car, but the one thing that really frustrated me about this car was that it had some electrical fault on it. And this car would just die for no reason. And at times it would just not start for no reason. So like I said, I spent what felt like a fortune on it to just find this fault and, and, and get this car sorted because it was also a car for honeymoon. So you need something that's dependable. Isn't that the truth? So our wedding day, my car breaks and um, get the mechanic in. We, we try and get it sorted to the point where I arrived five minutes before the service started. That's not good. Yeah. So I almost walked down the aisle with my wife waiting in the front. Um, <laughs> so the wedding actually goes down without a hitch. Everything's great. Everything's wonderful. Um, then reception, perfectly fine. Everything's good. By the end of the service, and if any of you have been there, you, you know what I'm talking about, you know that soon you're going to be leaving the reception, and there's like a certain anxiety that starts to build up inside of you, if I'm just honest. I know some people are getting exceptionally uncomfortable right now. Um, but the truth be told, Nat and I, we get into the car and we start driving off to the reception. And as we're driving off to the reception, it just starts pouring with rain. It's like a high felt shower. The only problem is that shower persisted for the whole night. So it's just bucketing down with rain. Finally, we get to this guest house where we're going to be staying for the night. And as we park, there's about 25 meters between where we've parked and reception. And I've got a broken leg and crutches. 
So I climb out of the car, grab my crutches, and I'm hobbling as fast as I can to, to reception, get to reception, get us checked in, hobble all the way back, get into the car, and by the time I get back into the car, I no longer look like a groom, I look like a drowned rat. But I'm sitting there, and Nat and I just look at each other, and we laugh. I think it was nerves, but we laugh. Um, and I turn the key in the ignition because we've got about a kilometer to drive. And it didn't even give me the courtesy or nothing, just dead. The car's dead. I'm like, Lord Jesus, not tonight. Man, and, and all I can think is it's wet outside. Even if I got someone to give me a jump start with cables like electricity and water, they aren't friends. It's not going to happen. It's an automatic if we gave it a push start. I don't even know if that would work. How does that work? And I'm just freaking out. And I'm sitting there and I'm trying every little trick that I've done over the past six months that I've had this blinking car. And nothing wants to work whatsoever. I just can't get the car started. And I'm just like, oh, I need someone to give me a jump start. And as I hang my head in absolute disgust, I'm just apologizing to Nats. I'm just like, I'm so sorry, my girl. I'm so sorry. And as I'm apologizing, out of the corner of my eye, I see the gear shift and I see it's in drive. <laughs> and for any of you who've had an automatic, you'll know that a, an automatic doesn't start in drive. You have to put it in park. So I shifted the gear shift, started the car and drove off to the room where this story will now end. Um, but I'm sure many of you have found yourselves in a position where somewhere in life you've been in a situation where you've needed a jump start, whether it's been in a car or a motorcycle, um, something has happened where something was left on or, or maybe in your car the door was left open, uh, you, you got home on a Friday and climbed out the car and didn't use the car for the weekend and got to the car Sunday morning and realized that the light that should be on inside is no longer on inside because the battery is dead. And something has drained the power out of the battery, and as a result, you needed a jump start. Now, isn't it true that our lives work the exact same way? That sometimes in life, there are certain things in life that are left on that should be dealt with that end up just draining the power out of our lives. It just end up draining life out of our very beings. Or, or maybe, maybe we've left a door open that we should have closed a long time ago. That's, that's kind of given the, the enemy of our soul access in areas. And, and as a result, he's just been stealing the life out of our lives. And as a result... We, we get into moments like yesterday at this, at this charity run that the guys went to. We get into these moments and, 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 and we want to be effective for God, but for some reason we just, we're not. We just struggle. We, we struggle to break through. We struggle to connect. We struggle to really, to really 
share his heart and his love with the people around us and we end up just huddling together in a group because something's just not connecting and and ultimately our batteries are actually just flat or, or maybe we start to struggle in relationships. We, things have worked so well in, within relationships, but now all of a sudden these relationships are taking strain and they just don't work the way that they, that they used to because somewhere along the line, something's been sucking the life out of our battery. Or you find that fathers, as a dad, you get home, and, and when you get home, you might be there, but you're not present. Your mind's a million other places except with that little guy running around wanting you to build a tent out of a blanket and chairs. And you can't engage because your battery's just flat. Moms, the same would apply to you. Husbands and wives, same within marriage. It just, there's no more connection and it's just something's been stealing the life out of it for the longest time. And it, there's, this, there's this moment that Jesus has with his disciples that I believe speaks so beautifully into, into this thing of just, of just paying attention to what draws the life out of us and, 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 and putting certain things in place to, to make sure that we, we are able to, to have that jump start or not even need that jump start, but have a good, solid, strong charge within our lives. And this, this portion is found in, in Mark 6. And earlier on in the chapter, we see Jesus send out his disciples on their first missions trip, like their first time of ministry. They're being sent out, and, um, and they're excited. They go out, and it says that, that, they, that they shared the love of Jesus with, with people. They healed the sick. They cast out demons. I mean, they did incredible things. And then later on in the chapter, in, in, in verse 30, it's, it shows how they come back to Jesus, and they pump. They're excited. They're like, man, Jesus, you should have seen this. We, 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 we cast out demons in your name. We, we healed the sick. You know, we loved people. It was just an absolutely incredible time. And I can just imagine even Jesus is excited engaging with them and just you know feeding off just the 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 love that they have for people and the excitement that they have for for what's just happened but I I find it interesting that the very next thing that Jesus says to them is he says this to them he says let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest for a while Let's go off to a quiet place and rest for a while. What's Jesus doing? Jesus is going, hey, this has been on for a while. And we need to pay attention to the fact that it could start draining energy from places that you're going to need it later on. So let's go get away from everyone and everything. Go and take some time out. Go and have some physical rest and spiritual recharge. How can I say that? Because this isn't the only place where Jesus did this with his disciples. We, we see him do it frequently with his disciples. And then in these moments, he goes and he sets the example. It says that Jesus would then in those moments go off by himself 
and be with the Father. He'd go and spend time reconnecting, recharging just his relationship with God. And I always think to myself, man, if Jesus had to do that, then how much more don't I need to do that? See, when I look at this, at this, this, this um, example that Jesus gives us here, I see him moving away. Maybe there are times where we just need to move away. We need to get out of the busyness of it. Because in that scripture, <coughs> excuse me, if you read in verse 32, you see how it says that there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and the disciples didn't even have time to eat. You know what I'm talking about? How busy does life get? How busy does life get? And sometimes we just need to move away. We just need to get away from that busyness. And, and the next thing that it shows us is he, he's, he, he, he gives them physical rest. And then at the same time, that spiritual recharge, just going and connecting with the Father. Lord, above all else, I need to know that this is okay. Why? Because what Jesus really wanted to do was he wanted to protect them. He wanted to protect their effectiveness when connecting with people. But very importantly, he wanted them to know, what's my source? What's my source? Is my source my efforts? Is, is, is the source of my effectiveness the, the harder I work, the more effective I am? The, the, the harder I strive, even in ministry, folks, the harder I strive, the more effective I will be. And he comes and he, he says, hey, let's take time out. Go connect with the Father. And we really see these little moments that he, that he uses to just recharge. See, folks, so often we want to take on the world in our own strength. And somewhere along the line, our strength ends up failing us. And then we feel like failures. But the truth be told, we were never meant to take on the world in our own strength. We were never meant to, to strive and push and push and push and push to the point of breaking. See, we live in a society, we live in a culture that tells us that we should. We live in a, in a space where fathers aren't home. Why? Because if they don't stay late, they don't get the promotion. Because if they don't work themselves to death, they aren't recognized. The same with mothers. This goes across the board. I grew up in a bit of a fatherless generation. You know, the amount of kids that I had in my class that, that had single parent households. It's said that today we have a parentless generation growing up. Moms and dads just aren't home. And then when moms and dads are home, they're dealing with everything that they've just come from. And we're not being parents. We're not connecting with kids. And heck, we're not connecting with God. And I believe that this is one of the best traps that the, the enemy of your soul sets for you and sets for me. To make us absolutely ineffective for God. First and foremost, as a husband, a wife as a parent and then 
as his child on, on, on assignment to, to, to share his love with the world around us. We become absolutely ineffective. Why? Because we're just so busy. And there comes a point where we, where we feel like our batteries are flat and we need a jump start. You see, if there's something, if there's something that, that, that I think of when I think of this, this um, example of a vehicle that this battery needs to be charged I, uh, and this thing of our efforts, if you've ever pushed started a, a motorcycle or pushed started a car, you'll know that, that essentially you take a position behind the vehicle, you put your hands on it and you start pushing. Isn't that the truth? And so often I feel like in life we approach it as this vehicle that as long as I've got my hands on the back and I'm pushing, it's going to start the vehicle. But there's a whole other dynamic to it that we, we overlook, that we, that we forget, that we ignore. And that's this. If there's no spark, there's no fire. If there's no spark... The engine isn't going to get going and it's not going to go anywhere. And guess what? You and I, we have no control over that spark. We can push and push and push and push, but if there's no spark, we're wasting our time. And it's time for us as believers to come back and to recognize our need for that spark. To recognize that, hey, yes, my efforts are important. Paul said, you know, without, without you know, show me, show me your, your, your faith without works, but I'll show you my faith through my works. I'll, uh, you know, we, we can't just sit on the couch all day and expect things to happen. Amen? So if you are prone to chilling out and expecting life to happen, folks, the word says you don't work, you don't eat. We need to start putting faith to you, to, uh, works to your faith. Start putting action to your faith. It's a fact. But I'm talking today to the vast majority of us where we may just be working, working, working and expecting that our pushing is somewhere along the line going to cause this thing to fire and run. And today may be for us to just stop and pay attention to the, to the fact that there's something else at work here. That there's something else needed for your effectiveness, for my effectiveness. And that's that spark. Here's what Paul said to the church. Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus. He said, he said this to them in, in Ephesians 3 verse 20. He says, now all glory to God. Now all glory to God. Folks, how often do we stop and just give God the glory for what's happening? How often do we just stop and, and just actually recognize his goodness in our lives? How often do, do we stop and, and just go, Lord, there's actually so much that's happened in my life. And if I'm honest about it, I didn't orchestrate these things. I recognize your hand in these moments. I recognize your, your heart for me being, being played out through these things that have happened. Lord, thank you for my family. Thank you for my wife. Thank you for my kids. Lord, thank you that I get to be a part of this community that, that loves me, that I can love. Lord, that, that you use me in. Lord, thank you for the job that I have. It might not be the one that I picked out, but Lord, I thank you that I've got work, that I can put bread on the table. Lord, that, that, that you have a purpose for me within that place, Lord, and I give you glory that you'll show me where to go with that. 
How often do we just stop and, and just give God the glory for the good that happens in our lives? And here Paul says, now all glory to God. And secondly, he says, who is able? Who is able? You see, folks, I feel like sometimes, and let me speak for myself, sometimes I work as if it all depends on me. Sometimes I throw myself so hard at something like it all depends on me. And, and the, the heartbreaking thing is that I'm shattered when it doesn't work out. I'm absolutely ripped apart because I feel like, man, I've, I've, I've poured my lifeblood into this thing and, and why didn't it work? And I want to come back to this because sometimes I work as if God isn't able. Hey? Sometimes I work as if God isn't able, but in here, Paul is saying to us, hey, give God the glory. Why? He's able. He's able to do this. He carries on and he says, through his mighty power at work within us. And there's the spark. There's the spark right there. Through his mighty power at work within us. You see, folks, when we head out onto a, a, a day job like yesterday or a charity event or a rally or when we head out into our workplace or, or spending time in our community or, or spending time with our family, wherever we go, and, and, and I believe that, that every, every single place that we go to is the ministry field. It is the harvest field. That's, that wherever we connect with people, God loves them. And he wants us to love them, no matter their race, no matter their language, regardless of any of that, where there is people, God loves them and he wants to use us to reach them. And as we enter into these places, here I feel like Paul is saying to us that it's through God's mighty power at work within us. It's him who causes that spark that takes a heart that's hard and turns it soft. I might be speaking to this person, <laughs> man, but I'm just the host pipe. God's the water flowing through this host pipe, busy dealing with that person directly, and I just get to be the vessel that's being used. I'm just, I'm just the, the jar of clay, so to speak, that he's pouring out of. See, it's through his mighty power at work within us and then he carries on and he says to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think i think so often we read a statement like that to accomplish infinitely more than we can ask or think and immediately our, our minds turn to our garage and we go oh lord jesus i can think of 29 ducatis six bmws you know i can think of of the need for for 48 garages i can think and i can imagine and and i do not for a minute believe that that's what god is talking about here in any shape or form I believe that, that when Paul says here to accomplish infinitely more than we can, that we might ask or think, stop for a minute and consider your life. You as an individual, what is the potential of that life? 
What is the potential of that life? Regardless of your age, regardless of your gender, regardless of your race, what is the potential of that life? Now, some of us may have a low view of ourselves, and I believe that quite often it's rooted in the fact that we might have a low view of God. But I believe that when we start to get a, a, an accurate perception of who God is, we start to recognize that as we've been adopted into his family, it starts to shift our perception of ourselves. See, it was Paul, I think it was in, in, um, in the book of Colossians, that's it, where, where Paul says to us that Christ in his mortal body, in his human body, had the fullness of God available to him through his connection with God right here on earth. And then he says that as we take on Christ, we have access to the fullness of God. Now I want to ask you again, what's the potential of that life? If you have access through your connection with God, with Jesus, you have the, the, the full access of God right there in your mortal body. What's the potential of that life? What's the potential of your life? So now all of a sudden when, when I go out and I start reading this again and I go, you know, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. It starts to change my thinking regarding that. It starts to to. to, to to make me look inside and, and go, you know what? Maybe it's not about how hard I push this vehicle. Maybe it comes down to how much time do I spend recharging with God? How much time? Maybe it comes down to, to how invested am I in my relationship with the Father? You see, I believe this with all my heart. If my relationship with my heavenly Father is suffering and struggling, then all my other relationships will suffer and struggle. Because it's only when my relationship with God is in a good place that I catch his heart for you, that I catch his heart for my wife, for my kid, for my coworker, for the man on the street, for the guy who's, who's asking for, for change at the traffic light, whatever. Sorry, I get excited and I start going off the script completely but i believe that god is wanting to communicate something very clearly to us this morning do we have an accurate picture of who god is and as a result do we have a clear understanding of who we are in him do we have a clear understanding of what is the potential of this life that is not so much about me striving but it's about me connecting with god that i need to pay attention and at times, switch off the TV and be alone and be quiet. Switch off the radio if you're commuting in the car. Maybe you need to shut down the, the radio. Maybe you need to just take these moments and, and, and create these spaces because folks will never find them. We need to create them. And really just come and recharge our lives straight from the source.
the prophet Zechariah, God asked him to do something specific and, and, and he was quite overwhelmed by it. And, and, and as he was praying and asking God about it, God spoke to him and he said this. He said, it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit that this will happen. You see, folks, that's what we're talking about here today. Is that it's not by my might. I'm not going to change anybody. Fact. I'm not going to turn anyone's heart. Not going to happen. I'm not going to be able to create something with, within a community or within my family all out of my own strength. I might be able to do some stuff. Yeah, for sure. We've seen that plenty. But at the end of the day, when I want breakthrough that speaks of more than I can think, more than I can imagine. The only way that that happens is when I recognize that it's not by my own strength. It's not by my own hand. It's not by might. It's not by power. But that it's through the spirit of the living God at work within me. So, Whatever we can ask or think, that excites me. That really excites me. To understand in that moment that God is able. That we have the fullness of God through our connection with Christ at our disposal. If you've never been baptized, that is why baptism is so important. My connection with Christ. That ultimately, God is the spark that gets this motor going. And it's through his mighty, work, mighty power at work in us. This morning, I, I'd like to end it off. Duncan's welcome to come back. I want to come back to what we said in the beginning. The reason why we find ourselves in these flat moments, the reason why we find ourselves in these places where, where we just feel like, like something has sucked the life out of our lives is because something's been left on that hasn't been dealt with, that should have been switched off and dealt with a long time ago. Other time, another reason is that we've left some door open and it's given the enemy of our souls free access to, to, to function in and out. And each time they're in and out, they get to take a little piece of that life with them. And I believe that this morning, if we really want to find ourselves in a place where, where our connection with God is true and clear, then we need to shut off the things that need to be shut off that we need to close the doors that need to be closed. That if there's an emotional struggle that you've just not dealt with because you've not wanted to deal with it, but now it's starting to deal with you, that it's time to, 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 to come and shut it off. The only way to shut it off is to actually give it to God, to go and deal with it in its proper manner. Maybe it's someone that you need to go speak to. Maybe someone offended you somewhere along the line and you've been hanging on to it and you've not wanted to let it go. And because of that, it's, it's, it's draining the life out of you. And you're finding it exceptionally hard to connect with God. 
Maybe there's a door open. Maybe there's, 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 there's an area of life where you feel like you've surrendered your life to Christ, but there's this one area that you just feel like it's not that bad. It's okay. It's not that bad. You know, I just like to talk about people every once in a while. No, I just, especially when I get together with this group of people, oh, we just have a lack of conversation and just talk about everyone. It's, you know, it's just there. It's, it's harmless. It's a victimless crime. You know, I, what the tax man doesn't know doesn't hurt him. You know, ugh, you know, sometimes I just tend to take the truth and just paint it in a certain way so that things don't go too bad. What's that open door, folks? What's that open door that needs to be closed today so that that life can stop being drained out of your life? So that that connection with Jesus becomes clear. That he becomes the source of life. That it's not coming in the front door and going out the back door. This morning, if we need to deal with it, let's deal with it. Right there in your seat, as you're sitting there. Let's just do business with God right now. As you think through that thing that you know should have been switched off a long time ago, where there's a confrontation that's been had or, 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 or hurt that's taken place or forgiveness that you need to give or, or whatever the case may be. But right now the Holy Spirit is busy prompting you in your seat to just say, hey, my boy, my girl, Deal with this. Don't let it linger any longer. Release it. Give it to me. Then right there, right now, I want to urge you to just say these words to God. Lord, today I give this to you. Lord, today I give this to you. And Father God, as, as folks have just started to release things that need to be released, Lord. Lord, I thank you that, that, that you are faithful in these moments, Lord. Lord, and that you come and deal with these matters in a way that only you can, Lord. Father God, that, that as folks come and surrender these moments to you, Lord. Lord, that you take them, Father, and that you trade our junk for your goodness, Lord. I just want to encourage you that if, if you've handed that thing over to God, the truth about this moment is that between now and victory, you'll have to give this thing to God over and over and over and over. But each time you are reminded of this hurt or this thing, right there in that moment, you just keep repeating, Lord, I've given this to you. Lord, I've given this to you. And a day will come where there is a release that you will sense within yourself and know that this is now over. Maybe you've had a door that's open. An area of life that you've not given God access to. Where you've thought, oh, it's not that bad. But this morning you've come to the realization that I need to stop this thing. 
if I'm serious about my connection with God, my relationship with God, if I'm serious about being an effective tool in His hand, if I'm serious about being the dad that He wants me to be, the mom that He wants me to be, just the, the child of God that He created me to be, then I need to deal with this thing this morning. Then right there in your seat, you know exactly what it is. Right there in your seat, just say, Lord, will you forgive me? Lord, today, I give this to you. Please forgive me. And again, his word says that he is faithful to forgive us of all our sins. And you might need to go home and put certain things in place. Make yourself accountable in this area. Go and tell someone, hey, I really struggle with this, man. Whenever I'm together with these people, we end up talking about a whole, whole heap of people. And, and, and you need to know that that's what happens. And I'd, I'd like you to keep me accountable in this area. Uh, I, I struggle with the truth and I, uh, I tend to twist it and turn it and lie in these moments. And, and I, I need you to know that and I need you to, to hold me accountable in these areas. Maybe that's something that you need to do today. So I want to encourage you, if that was you today, leave here, but don't let the day go by without having dealt with that, without having made yourself accountable in that area. Father God, I thank you for this morning, Lord. I thank you for what you are wanting to do in our lives, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you are the spark, Lord. I thank you that you are the God who is able to do far beyond what we could ever think or even imagine, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the potential that's sitting in front of me here today, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the potential of each life present here today, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the way in which you want to use each and every life here this morning, Lord. Lord, and I thank you that through the course of this week, Lord, I pray that you will come and start shifting our thinking. Start showing us a more accurate picture of who you are. And as a result, start giving us a more accurate picture of who we are in you. Lord, I thank you that you love us, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you can do it all without us, but you choose to use us. So Lord, as we head into this week, Lord, I thank you that you will use each and every one of us, Father God, in our workplace, in our families, Lord, in our communities, Father, in our commute, Lord, in our in, in our lunch hour, Father. Lord, use us in ways that, that, that we haven't been used before, Lord. And where you have used us, Lord, will you use us more effectively, Father? We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.